beautiful songs. There's much we can learn from those songs. Love that first one by Crowder. It's called it's called Forgiven. Let those those lyrics play through your mind. That you should have you should have been dead. You should have been six feet under. You should have been in the fire. But now there's a fire inside of you. That is a, a beautiful thing to, to contemplate about. I remember I had a day very very similar to that, where I should have been dead. And I would have been dead in my sins without Christ. God spared me by His grace. We all, we all have a testimony similar to that. It may not be drastic life, life or death situation, but we've all come to a point in our lives where we realize we are dead without God. Amen. I pray that we have all reached that point. And if not, I pray you will soon, day, soon one day reach that point. As we continue on in our study of Genesis, we're finally to the point where Abraham gets his promise fulfilled. It's only been about three decades since that promise first came to him. So let us turn now to our Bibles to Genesis chapter 21. We'll be reading verses 1 through 21. If um, you don't have your Bible with you, we will have it on the screen or the pew Bible in front of you. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, who Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. She said to Abraham, Cast out the slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy, and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of a slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning, and took bread and a skin of water, and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the child under the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot, for she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. 
the reading of the word. As, as we discussed, Abraham had been waiting a really long time for this promise to be fulfilled. And he, he took some shortcuts on the way that, that bring their, their ugly head rearing in this particular passage. But I'd like to think about uh, two things tonight. What is the thing you prayed for the longest in your life that God has answered that prayer? For me, it's quite simple. It's my daughter. We prayed for over seven years to have a child. I, I understand, not to the level that Abraham had, but I understand the anguish of not being able to have a child. And the other thing I like to think about is, what is the, your current prayer right now that you've been praying about the longest, awaiting to see an answer? See our family saved. I know that is a common prayer for many of us. But I, I want you to, to, to think about these words that God gives us with, with Sarah and Abraham. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. If God has spoken it, if God has promised, it's good is done. We should have no doubt about that whatsoever. And you know, we see Abraham, and, and he goes through this struggle all the time. And, and we see uh, the, the name of Isaac. The reason Sarah says, God has given me laughter. Literally, Isaac's name means laughter. For when she first heard the, the angels speak that she was going to bear a son this time next year, she laughs out loud. Her son's name literally means laughter. It was that impossible in her mind. And we, we see this play play of words that she has God has made laughter for me everyone who hears will laugh over me I don't know about you but I've never seen a nine year old woman nursing a child <laughs> you know we, we, we look kind of funny when we, we see people you know in the late 50s 60s you know every once in a while you'll see something like that but 90 you know something called Guinness it's you know that'd be a record but in here you have Abraham Abraham is a hundred years old how many of us feel old today? How many wants a newborn baby in their house right now? Not, not one you give the grandma and grandpa to where you get to send back home you know, tomorrow morning, but one that is there to, to be raised a, as a child by you. No way. <laughs> one of the few things I, I remember, I grew up mostly with my grandparents, and one of the things I remember them always tell me, I'm too tired to go and do that. You know, I always wanted my grandfather to go out and play baseball with me, and you know, he, he, he was like most men. He worked a hard day and then would come home. But on top of that, he had emphysema. So it was, you know, excruciatingly hard for him to, to play sports. But, you know, when you're eight, nine years old, you don't know nothing about no emphysema. You just know your grandpa coughs a lot and you want to play baseball. And, and so we all have, we all have those, those moments where, where we look back and God has promised us these wonderful things. And sometimes, you know, it's been a while since... Since God has spoken that. When Abraham first left his homeland, God told him, I will, I will um, make you as numerous as the stars. I will give, I will give you, you uh, all this land. You, and all nations will call you blessed. This entire time Abraham is, is having this struggle, he has very sincere faith. And we'll see how sincere his faith in, is in just a few weeks as we look at the passages. But he also has those moments where he's, he's going along... And he makes slight errors, major errors. 
You know, we, we see part of that today. You know, we look over the Middle East and we see people uh, fighting each other, and especially over in Jerusalem and talking about peace and two-state solutions and things like that. This goes back to Genesis. They've been fighting over that land since Genesis. Isaac and Ishmael, who is the right, rightful heir to Abraham's land? Here's the clue. It's God's land. God will give it to who God's going to give it to. Isaac is the rightful heir. And we may look at this and we say, you know, what are we to make that Abraham casts out his own son Ishmael? This, this was the, the son of the flesh, if you will, if you want to go into where, where Paul will take us later on in the New Testament. And then Isaac is the son of the promise. And so we have these two collide and, you know, the Sarah and Hagar, they, they don't come off looking very good, either one of them. You know, Abraham is having a feast for, for his son Isaac, for he has been weaned and it was time to have a feast. And she mocks Sarah and laughs at her, knowing that she has the older son. Knowing that in that culture, her son should get everything. And that Sarah's son would get the leftovers. That, that is the reality that is going through Hagar's mind. And that is why she is mocking Sarah. But God will not be mocked. God's promise surely will not be mocked. And so Ishmael is sent away. Now I, I want you to see the immense grace given here. God could have said that that is a, a child that was produced in sin and cast him out and not have anything to do with him. I think as human beings a lot of times that's how we look at things. As we look when we see somebody and they've sinned and they've got themselves in trouble and, and they come to you for help. Do, do I help them? Do I not? It's nobody's fault but their own. They've done it time and time again. And it can be a real struggle. But, but we need to be a people willing to show grace. Amen. But we also have to be people willing to, to give that tough love. You know, there's a, there's a fine balance there. And so Isaac and Hagar get this tough love here. And, or, I'm sorry, Ishmael and Hagar. And Ishmael's in serious trouble. He's still a, a young boy. And here he is out in the desert, and he is literally dying from dehydration. And I've never, you know, I, I'm fortunate, I live in America, I've never had a point where, you know, I, I didn't know where the next drink of water was going to come from. You know, we've all had those days, you're not quite sure where the next meal is going to come from, but water still comes out of the faucet. You know, how lucky are we that we live in such a day? We don't have to worry about where, where's the next well. Or, you know, are we going to have to tap into this mountain hoping some water comes out? Or tap into a tree? You know, you, you and I, we don't face those harsh realities, but Hagar does here. And she's to the point where she, she walks away because she does not want to watch her son die. Now, she, she, we are told, is a slave woman, and we see her acting very wickedly at times. But we should, have, we should pity her and her child. And, and we see God answer the, the baby's cry. Hagar prays, but, but when the angel shows, he says, you know, God already has heard the baby's cry. We still have to remember Ish, Ishmael is a descendant of Abraham. God has promised to make him a nation. And later on, we'll get into more promises about Ishmael. And, the, you know, it's a real eye-opener that 
our actions have consequences not just for ourselves, but for our families generations from now. Many of us will be faced with choices in life. I'm sure you can think of family members you have that are alcoholics, drug addicts. You know, their kids will be three times as likely to repeat that. Suicide will be six times as likely to repeat that. We see these generational sins that are passed down from generation to generation. But all it takes is one person to stand up and say, I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to let my life be determined by addiction. I'm going to follow God. Amen. There's not in a single addiction in this world God can't break. That He can't break instantly if He chooses to. Amen. But we need to remember those promises He has given us. He has promised to set us free. Amen. We sing that song playing the prelude of you know, that chain breaker. God will break those chains of addiction. There's not a single one that He can't break and break right away. I've seen people when they They've come to faith and they've asked God to take, take something away and they meant it. God has taken it away. Where they're no longer bound up with tobacco or alcohol or various drugs or pornography or, or any of those type of addictions. And at the end, at the end of the day, they trust God more. And they, they, they don't want to give in to that flesh, don't want to give in to that addiction. Addictions are very hard. But God is able to do so much more. As we, we look and we think about those promises that God has given us, understand that he's, he's given us, yes, those promises, but every single promise God declares in his word, he will do. When we talk about on Sunday morning that, that Christ is going to return again, that is where our hope is found is in Jesus Christ. It's not just a wishful longing like, Lord, I, I hope you will return or maybe he will return, or I think he will return, or even I believe he will return. Jesus is going to return because Jesus said he would return. Amen. Just as the Father told Abraham, I will give you a son this time next year. It is now this time next year, and he has a son. Amen. And the whole world laughs about it. And we, we, we see it as we look in. There's a little tidbit that gives us a little... Uh, identity of character about our friend Ishmael. His wife comes from Egypt. In the Bible, I'll give you a little clue. Those of you that are students of the Bible will know this already, but in the Bible, Egypt is a place you go for refuge and you don't stay for long. It is a sinful place. It is a place of bondage and slavery. You don't want a wife from Egypt. But that, that is where Hagar is from. That is where she became uh, a, a bondmaid, if you will, a slave to, to Sarah first, and then, then of course, to, to Abraham when, when that, that great and sinful deed was done, when they, they really lacked faith that God was able to deliver. And so we see he takes the, the way of the flesh. He takes, he takes the way that, that his, gen, his mother had gone before him. Now you will see very soon what Abraham will send for a wife for his son Isaac. He goes back to the land of Canaan. He doesn't go down to Egypt to find his son a wife. Because he knows what God has told him. And what he has told him is that his son Isaac will be the, the heir, not just to his physical things, not just to the land, 
but to the very promise. What is that promise? That through you, Abraham, all nations will be blessed. That promise now belongs to Isaac. Through you, Isaac, all nations will be blessed. Why? Because Isaac's such a great kid? No, Isaac's not any different than any other kid in, in this earth. But what is different is that through Isaac, you will have a son named Jacob, who will have 12 sons. And you fast forward several hundred generations, you get to a man named Joseph and a woman named Mary. And they have a son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That is why all nations will be blessed through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is the message we declare to the nations. We declare here in Aurora and to the ends of the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way of salvation. There's no other way. There's nothing else we can do but to bend in the knee and accept the free gift of salvation offered by Jesus Christ. Amen. But some of us want to go the hard way. We don't like to go the easy way sometimes. In the reality, much of this world has a hard problem with the gospel because it is painfully simple. The gospel says, you are not good enough. You're a sinner. You need to be righteous to be in the presence of God. You cannot become righteous. You're already dirty. A dirty dish cannot become clean. It can't wash itself. Somebody else has to do the washing. That person is Jesus. It is his righteousness that is put upon us. Ultimately, you know, when people want to say they're saved by works, you can't be saved by works. Accept this. You are saved by the works of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is how, how we are to be saved. And the world hears about that and they say, no, I just want to try harder. I want, I want to have the power myself. I don't want to give up control. That's what they do over and over and over again. They, they come up with these elaborate systems, these elaborate religions of, of how they're going to get to God. The difference with Christianity is God telling us, I'm coming for you. All you have to do is believe. And that is the promise that, that he gives to Abraham. Abraham is righteous by faith. Isaac will become righteous by faith. Any person who has ever been considered righteous in the Bible, it's not because of the great deeds he has done. Do you think Noah was righteous by his great deeds? No. It's by faith and faith alone. Amen. Day after day, that is the, the only way that we can be righteous. Amen. That's why Abraham was righteous. That's why Isaac will be righteous. And it's also why Ishmael will not be righteous. Because Ishmael is a man who grows up if you're, for your King James people out there, the prophecy about Ishmael says he'll be a wild ass of a man, his hand always against his brother. Who is his brother? It's Isaac. Their descendants fight to this very day. They want to kill each other. It's horrifying. They are brothers. They should love each other, as you and I love each other as brothers and sisters. But instead, they think they could take God's promise by force. Similar to how Abraham thought he could force God's promise by taking matters into his own hands. I tell you, whatever, whatever that prayer is that you have right now that has not yet been answered, that you've been praying for for a long time, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't lose the faith. And definitely do not try to take it upon yourself because you'll make matters worse. We are still dealing with Abraham's sin. 
but yet he's still a righteous man. That's a, a hard dichotomy we must grapple with. But the reality is many people have been hurt by my sins. Many people have been hurt by your sins. But that does not mean that you can't be righteous through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what I would have us examine in our hearts. Where have we gone wrong? Where haven't we trusted God? And give that up and, and trust God fully. And we will enjoy the day as Sarah did. And we will maybe laugh as she did. Look, look what God has done. He has done the impossible. And I, I love the attitude of Sarah in, in that moment where she's, she's laughing about it. Look, look, everybody will laugh at me. You know, if it means God's promise has been fulfilled in your life, let him laugh. Because if, if God, is, God is for you, no one can be against you. Amen. No one can be against you. So as we, we examine our hearts this evening, I want us, I want us to, to really think about that, those promises God has given us, those prayers we are praying for. And not just think about them, but believe them. Not lose hope, not lose sight of them. Abraham constantly, this was always at the front of his mind. This isn't something that he said, you know, 10 years ago God told me he was going to do this. And, and lose sight of it. This, this is something that was always on Abraham's mind. The prayers and the promises that God has given to us should always be on our mind. I know many of us will get up tomorrow and have to go to work. And work will be on our minds. But what God has given to us to do should still be on our minds then. Just because you're at work doesn't mean you can't be about the kingdom. We don't, we don't take time off. There's no PTO from the kingdom. You know, if you stay up too late for the Super Bowl, you can call in to work tomorrow. You can't call in to work for the kingdom. There's no PTO. There's no vacation time. There's no retirement. The kingdom is always. And that's, that's what we must be about. Amen. We'll see you very soon. That's what Abraham became about. Let us pray. Our Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the, the life of Abraham and the great example, Lord. I, I thank you that, that you don't hold anything back, Lord. When, when we see Sarah and Hagar fighting, over the who will be the heir with their children, Lord God. We, we know many of us fight, and, and we, we have times with our families where we get just so frustrated, we want to give up. Remind us of your promises, Lord God, and remind us of the prayers we've been praying, not to give up on them, Lord, but to keep, keep praying, keep believing, until the day we receive it. It's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to call everyone up as we close in our prayer group.